She's a real woman with a real life. She's someone you can relate to. Dawn Newton. Welcome to the Don Newton Podcast. I am your host, Don Newton. You know, the fall season is here, and uh, that usually means that we start baking again. Some of us head back to the kitchen, uh, you know, with the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, all the things. We start baking, the pies, the cookies, the cookie exchanges, the gatherings, all of it goes hand in hand with fall and winter. Joining me today is John Cannell. He is a cooking and baking expert and founder of Preppy Kitchen. He's here with some fall baking tips that are going to make our, our cooking experience maybe a little easier and a little more successful. I have to tell you, I've interviewed many cooking and baking experts, but this interview with John, he just gave me like three tips. It's a very short interview. But the, the information he provided when it comes to baking your pumpkin pie, how to measure your flour, what does it mean to be room temperature, how do you know if you've overmixed? John had all the answers. I came away feeling much more confident and can't wait to like bake my pumpkin pie to see if it's going to come out the way John says it will if I do this one technique. Don, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much. Hey, it's great to talk with you. I mean, it's like, who better to talk to you uh, about than John Cannell about our fall baking tips? I mean, we're definitely hitting into it, and pumpkins seem to start in August, <laughs> but we're still, we're still, we're still, we're going to take that pumpkin all the way to like December 1st, I think, or beyond. I hope so. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, too. Gosh, the, the fall baking tips, I can't think of a better person to be talking to, John. John Cannell from the Preppy Kitchen. What are some tips? What are some things that we're doing this fall, especially for those people who maybe are just getting started in their baking or maybe new to baking? Yes. So many of us are just heading back into the kitchen for the first time in a while because baking season has begun. So here's a couple tips for everyone out there. First off, make sure you have everything at the ready. Baking is so fun, but it can be frantic if you're desperately searching for ingredients. So do you have your flour, your brown sugar, the pumpkin puree, your spices, those incredible eggs, all of your butter, milk, and everything else. Once that's at the ready, a couple more things to remember. Never scoop your flour out with a measuring cup. When you do that, you're packing the flour in and you're adding like 50% more flour into a recipe, which really changes the consistency. It becomes dry and bready. You want to sprinkle the flour in with a spoon and level it off, or best yet, use a kitchen scale and you'll have less dishes to do and perfect baked goods every time. Unlike regular breads, lots of quick breads and cakes just get mixed until they're combined. So as soon as you see the flour disappear, the batter is ready to go into the oven. If you overmix your batter, you're going to see the cake looks perfect coming out of the oven, but it'll shrink down afterwards and it'll have a gummy consistency. That's because the gluten was activated and all of a sudden the cake got yanked back down as it cooled. So just mix your batter until it's combined. Two things you've just blown my mind with, the, the measuring of flour, because I do exactly what you said not to do and have always done. And then also um, the over mixing, trying to figure out when I hear about 
don't overmix your batter. And I was like, well, how do I know if I've done that? It's such a common mistake. And what I do, because if you're absent-minded or if you have multiple things going on, I always mix the batter until it's almost combined in my mixer, if I'm using one. And then I'll take a spatula out and I'll just fold and scrape the bottom of the bowl down to make sure all the flour disappears and I know that it's ready. Um, I do the same thing with whipped cream too. If I'm whipping cream up, I make sure to stop it before it's ready and I'll just use the whisk or the little mixer whisk and finish it off by hand. Get a perfect result every time that way. Well, you've just you've just changed up my entire baking routine there, John, which is awesome. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> what's your third, what's the third tip that, that I just interrupted you on when you were starting to share? Oh, you know what? Make sure your ingredients are room temperature because I'm going to give you an example. It's like if you're making a delicious pumpkin pie, your pumpkin pie is a custard that's made with eggs, cream, sugar, spices, and of course some pumpkin puree. If you pop ice cold that ice cold pumpkin filling into the oven, the center again takes a long time to bake. The outside bakes first, and you end up with cracks in your pumpkin pie, and it's not as creamy and delicious as it could be. So you're going to want to mix those eggs, the cream and everything else up over low heat in a pot, whisking continuously. And once it starts to get warm, then you can pour it into your blind baked crust and bake it up nice and low and slow. You'll get a creamy custard with a mirror smooth finish every time and be so much more happy with your recipe. And when you talk about room temperature, how long does it take? I mean, because that should be something we should be planning into our baking adventure is, is, is that time for room, things to get to room temperature? You know, I have twin four-year-olds at home, so I don't always have the presence of mind to get everything out. So I often am walking around with an apron <laughs> that has little uh, pockets full of butter, cream cheese, and sometimes <laughs> even eggs very carefully because I'm trying to warm it up like a little kangaroo. <laughs> but you can warm things up in your microwave too, especially the milk and the butter at half uh like half power just for 30 second bursts until it softens up. And the eggs you can leave out for like at least half an hour or so. They warm up fairly quickly. As far as picking out eggs or how long, I guess the out dates that we see on our cartons, there's different egg sizes. I mean, there, there's a lot to eggs that I didn't realize until actually researching for this interview, talking about eggs and their importance in baking. Well, you know, it's so interesting for the sizes. Most of the time, recipes will call for large eggs. Some people, like Ina Garten, like to call for extra-large eggs, and they're just labeled that way. As far as the, like, the different colors, I was so intrigued to learn that like, it's the hen's eardrum color that affects the outside color of the egg. On the inside, they're all the same nutritionally, so it's really just an ear thing, which I never, <laughs> I never would have guessed in a million years that was the case. I'm learning so much from this interview. This is awesome. Um, and, and as far as your eggs, doing eggs versus egg substitute. I mean, I've done that as well. Um, but I always go back to egg, the real, the real shell egg. Yeah, it's wonderful that there's choices. And, but, and eggs are a great component in a plant-forward diet. But eggs have so much versatility. They're affordable. And they just, they work in basically every recipe. So... I would be lost without my egg yolks and all of my custards. I love custards of every kind. So my favorite thing to eat is an eclair. And I need egg whites to make these beautiful meringues that I top my pies with, a baked Alaska, or this chocolate pear cake I'm sitting in front of right now. <laughs> what are some of your favorite recipes, John, for the fall? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love a pumpkin pie. We've talked about that. 
I love using apples and pears in recipes. And sometimes, like, for example, in this chocolate pear cake I made, I poached the pears. They were cut up into pieces and poached in brown sugar, water, brandy, lemon juice, cardamom, and vanilla. Oh, my gosh. That lends so much flavor. And then I took the poaching liquid and I flavored the batter with it. I boiled it down into a caramel and I flavored my Swiss meringue buttercream with it. And um, I don't know, the fall just has so many wonderful flavors and it's really a time to get all the spices out, focus on flavors and textures and just do what you love. Well, you know, and those that are new to baking or just venturing back into the kitchen, what's your advice to them? I would start off with simple together recipes if you're totally coming into this without having done something before. So start with like a simple pumpkin bar or a pumpkin muffin or whatever kind of stir together recipe that you love. Read that recipe through all the way. I think a lot of us are guilty of looking at the ingredients, making sure we get them out and then reading as we go step to step, but that can lead to disaster. <laughs> and then if you're using those stir together recipes, the other nice part of it is you can bring your kids into the kitchen with you and kids love helping to whisk to fold, to combine, to pop things into muffin uh, papers. It's just like a really fun time as a family where you can make delicious things and be together. Well, you know, there's a piece of, of baking that I never realized until just recently is how much of baking is really math and science. You know, when we walk our, watch our baking shows or our videos or your videos, it's like how you pair things together that I would never think about or how... Um, unsalted butter versus salted butter and how sometimes these professionals like yourself can tell that, you know, too much butter or they used artificial vanilla. I mean, it's just, there's so much to it that I, I have a whole new appreciation for what you all do. I used to be a math and science teacher in middle school, and I wish I could turn back time and pop a kitchen into my classroom so we could have so many baking lessons because there's so much to learn uh, from baking as well as being something really fun and relaxing that you can do as a hobby. Well, this is this is great, and I really great talking with you and these fall tips. And I mean, I, honestly, I learned I learned many things in this in this conversation. Where can we go, John, for more information and to learn about you? Well, for more information, you can head to incredibleegg.org, and you can find all of my recipes on preppykitchen.com. Well, John Cannell, I appreciate this time. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I really hope I get to speak with you soon. Again, thank you to John Cannell from the Preppy Kitchen joining us today to uh, share some delicious baking tips for the fall season. I know I am anxious to try out some of these. I can't wait to bake my pumpkin pie, warming up that filling before I put it in the pie crust and then pop it into the oven and see how that, see if it all comes out together at one time. I know growing up, my mom yelled many obscenities and choice words into the oven while she was waiting for the pumpkin pie to get done. That center took forever. I don't know how many times she uh, would put the knife in the center and it wouldn't come out clean and you'd hear the knife get thrown in the sink just for her to do it over and over and over again until the pie finally finally came together. But yeah, those are the memories, Thanksgiving memories that we all we all have, those cooking memories. So anyways, for more information about John Cannell and his work, please visit preppykitchen.com and uh, be sure and check out my website, donnewton.org. The Don Newton Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by Don Newton. Come